You are listening to the Evolution Exchange NHS podcast. We shine a light on the topics that matter to digital and data leaders in the NHS. I'm Alex Inace, and I help connect digital leaders in the NHS with interim talent, and I'm your host. The views expressed by guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the official position or policy of their organization. Welcome everyone on today's podcast. Uh, we're going to be focusing around how uh, around EPRs in the NHS and implementation of EPRs within within healthcare. Um, you all know me by now, but just by way of introduction to the public, to the listener, I'm Alex Sinace and I work for Evolution Recruitment. Uh, I work part of the NHS team and I'm committed to helping people and also helping NHS organizations realize their full potential. So to bring that to life, my goal is to develop deep relationships with individuals, building their trust uh, to make business easier. Uh, I'm collaborating with NHS organizations, helping them build high performing digital teams. So I do that through creating and sharing insights and then industry best practice into the ever evolving NHS and digital industry. So this is exactly what we're going to be doing this afternoon. We're going to be sharing your insights from a leader's perspective around EPR in the NHS. Um, so I think if we can go around and do introductions, uh, should we start with you, Bafna, you first on my screen and just give us a brief introduction of, of, of yourself and your role within, within Surin Sussex, that'd be great. Okay, thank you, Alex. My name is Daphna Satat and I'm the Head of Clinical Applications and EPR at Surrey and Sussex Healthcare Energies Trust. I am due to move from that post to another post shortly at the end of the month um, to St George's. Um, and uh, I've been working with in the NHS for about 18 years, mainly for acute, a bit of work at NHS England. And um, I'm excited to share insights and hear about insights from other trusts. So thank you very much. Amazing. Perfect. Paul? Hey, I'm Paul Barrett. I'm the uh, Programme Director at East Kent Hospitals University Trust. Um, I've worked at uh, other trusts, but I suppose the largest trust I've worked at and implemented an EPR is Sheffield Teaching Hospitals, which is one of the top five in the UK and uh, yeah we, we've all got the battle scars to to show so implementing EPRs so yeah happy happy to have, have that discussion today. Amazing so I think if we can should we start with the first question um, how do we choose the right EPR system based on your experience and based on the needs that you've that, you, that a certain trust has. Bafna would you be able to share some, some insights? Um, so that's a very big question, and I would say it depends on the approach that the trust that's right for the trust is my view. I think that's um, some trusts for some trusts, a best of uh, breed is pref preferred by the trust and how they operate. Um, and I've been there where a certain trust that you know the trust that I've worked for, uh, they preferred that because they're a large specialist acute tertiary and had a lot of good best of breed systems and by best of breed I mean the clinical systems that are developed for that specialty um, and they had that in place with a lot of data being mined um, and very happily using it and worked with the suppliers for many years and and so they were very reluctant to take a one-size-fits-all best of type system although they did try um, we did try uh, and and it, it didn't it just didn't work. So they they the some trusts prefer that integrated approach of best of breed systems, and for some trusts, a best of type approach is 
is better. And um, I think that, of course, how do you choose? You then have to do a specification and go through all the procurement and then choose, which is quite a process in itself. And I think the trust then arrives at the right process, depending on how good the specification, how good the engagement is. Perfect. Paul, what are your thoughts? Um, so my thoughts are, well, to, to, to echo what, what my colleague just said, however, um, sometimes it's actually down to cash. You know, we've got, we've got, I, I won't mention their names, but we've got the, the two big, big players in EPR land. And I think sometimes it's the appetite to change because obviously what we are really, we're, we're glorified change leaders. And I think that, well, I don't think I know <laughs> from, from my battle scars, as earlier mentioned, that depending what one of these EPRs you put in are what battle scars you're going to come out with and not just yourself, but the trust. So you put something in that is highly configurable to your trust, then it's it's easier, it's an easier job internally to put in. And and you know, that's that's a bit of an end all really. However, there's some EPRs that you 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 bend the trust's process so much when and, and I've had it personally where let's just say, look, we've bent that much and they think it's technology, we've bent that much to IT. When can we sort of stand upright? And 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 I think though some of those you've really got to take into consideration because some EPRs just cannot bend. It's this way or the highway. Okay. So, Bathman, anything you want to add to that? Very true. I think Paul is very very right. It's a a lot about the cash, how much trusts are willing to spend and how much they've got, and it is very true about different. Um, systems uh, requiring different kinds of change level and whether the trust is up for that and can take that kind of change and some can and some can't and it just depends it depends on the time I mean depends on whether you're in a COVID pandemic or <laughs> uh, whether they're all up for that change or not uh, it's it's a lot of different things yeah I agreed amazing so I think we can go to the second question now over do currency PR systems in use in the NHS mid sets and expectations, such as being easy to learn, integrate in and out of the organization, are they flexible and are they able to be configured into, in different ways? Paul, what are your thoughts on this? Thoughts are they aren't difficult. They are not difficult to learn. However, um, clearly the EPR suppliers are American. And, and, you know, I'm not going to go about Americans at all. This isn't the place to do that. But they are very successful in the American market. It's a private medical market. We're not. We are the NHS. And I feel that there, there, there's a gap there. There's still a huge gap there. And, and it, it, I, I can't stress that enough because, you know, you, you speak to any of the suppliers or you work with any of these systems, the the expectations are that we, we leave part of it out and, and we still have to pay for it. Um, however, to answer the absolute question is, I don't think they're difficult to learn. And as, as we all know, it, it depends at what level you're actually implementing an EPR because you could be replacing your pass and your entire processes. It goes on and on and on. You can go all in. Literally, you can go all in on an EPR or you bite it off in sizable chunks. And that's just the appetite. And, and, you know, just touched on that. 
with with what change capability or change appetite the trust has got Amazing. now well to add can i just just yeah, find yeah. A, a final part on that and and to answer the whole question is are they flexible to be configured in different ways um and the integration so integration i think most of them you can integrate with um, so that that's just a thing um, and they have to keep up with the, the latest technology to do that um but it, it, are they flexible? Well, an EPR is an EPR, it's an electronic patient record. So um, they're not, and I will go back to my first point, they're not designed for the UK. Looking after our, our you know, they're not designed for UK trusts or hospitals. However, I, I get why they, why, why they are where they're at. They need to be a lot more highly configurable to reflect what an actual foundation trust or, or a trust actually, you know, how they operate as opposed to breaking the, the organization, bending the organization to to breaking point. You know, they, they should be like any other software that's delivered, you know, designed and, and built for you. Sorry, but that's my that's my point on that one. Amazing. What are your thoughts, Bavna? Yeah, no, I agree with what Paul is saying. It's very true that the big EPR systems, the three big ones that we've got in the uh, UK, England, um, are American. Um, and uh, I remember the times, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm a son has come a long way, but I remember the times when, you know, we were doing R1 in the southeast and um, we, you know, and Sana will say this, that they didn't know what the uh, care model, healthcare model, public health model was in the in the in England, uh, and how primary care work commissions, uh, how primary care commissions from the acute, you know, secondary and the community and etc. And leave alone social care. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I think that uh, they are American. I think some of them have come a long way, but there, it, there's still a difference between the how they're developed in terms of how then how they're used in in the us and what england requires and the uk requires and i think um there are differences and and it's interesting that PASs have served our country very well uh because they're the backbone of how our healthcare model works um and I, I've been on a blog recently um, where there's this discussion about um, convergence and, you know, different types of EPRs and, and there's a question as to why we didn't develop something, you know, the NHS is huge, why didn't we develop an open source model ourselves? Um, uh, surely it's in our way with all to do that, <laughs> but we've gone down a route where we've got this mix of all sorts of different uh, systems. So uh, do they meet? certain expectations they meet some they don't meet all i don't think um are they easy to learn uh yeah i think they are they can be easy to learn but they they because of they cover so many different pathways and uh uh care models and care sets and plans i think that they can be complex in that sense and there's a lot to learn integrate in and out of the organization i think more and more um uh, I see this in the maternity space, for example, there's an expectation that um, because we've moved to an ICS based system, we're going to have a, a, an 
uh, a module and a maternity module of an EPR that would just m integrate out of the box. And integration doesn't come out of the box. Um, it requires some resource and it requires uh, specification and requires implementation. So it's all possible to integrate, <laughs> but it doesn't happen out of the box. Are they flexible? But yeah, not there. So um, yeah, uh, some of them just need things a certain way. Uh, and that's just, I suppose, the supplier's way. After all, these are very big systems and they do have to have certain rules to adhere to, um, which are so that they can maintain the integrity of the system. So in that sense, they can't be flexible that way. But otherwise, some, some of them are quite configurable. It's just you have to have the resource that's trained. You have to have the uh, capacity or buy it uh, in. So yeah, um, it varies. Paul, is there anything you want to add to that? Oh, I actually agree. Um... They are, I suppose, what I would say is they are all consuming. You know, to implement an EPR will consume more more than what is ever planned for, more than what is ever thought of. Because, you know, if you have a change team, that's then done for two, three, four years, five years. If you've got a, you, you know, we're talking about CIS team, that's then consumed for the next two, three, four, five years. Any capacity is gone. And then clearly, you know, the NHS can or, or may or may not flex. Uh, they cost a lot of money to actually get to day one. And day one is actually the implementation, which is scary as hell. But um, from, and, and I think it's understanding that journey because that journey you're on, it doesn't stop. Yeah. And there a lot of these EPRs, because they are so huge and, and, and it's not the EPR, it's, it's just the nature of the beast. We, we, we're changing the way people work. So therefore you can't just <laughs> silently, you can't be a Trojan horse, let's put it that way. You have to, every every sort of module, we just spoke about modules, every module is a huge, huge launch. Communications, training, engagement, goes on and on and on. And I, I just think it, it, they are very, very time, money and effort consuming. Oh, you know, I'm not I'm, I'm not dissing that, by the way, I'm, you know, I, I welcome that, but it, it, it's just what it is. And I think that trusts will look at what EPR will consume them totally or and where you have to bend the trust to work for the EPR or you can bend the EPR to work for the trust. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's good fun at the end of the day. Yeah, but I'm sure the benefits though outweigh the, the cost and the effort put into it if it's done right. Yeah, well, there's no question on that, is there? <laughs> Anything you want to add to that, Bavna? Uh, yeah, just to add another thing to that, um, I think often uh, uh, EPI implementation uh, and more digitization also highlights the glaring variances there are in practice in doing it on paper. And every time, I'm sure Paul's experienced this as well, every time you put in a, a system across various areas and then you find, well, actually everyone's doing it there because on paper it's easy, you do it your own way. Uh, whereas when you got a system that goes across, you can't. And then sometimes people don't like that because they have to change their way and their way worked the best for them. Uh, and then you have to go to a, some people might think least common denominator way, for, way across. Ideally, if you can get it, sort of an average of what everyone wants, 
better than the worst and probably not as ideal as the best, uh, then you're doing well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that uh, it does actually, and that in that sense, it can standardize variation and practice, and that is one of the benefits. Amazing, perfect. So what do you think, in terms of clinical engagement, how important is that when doing an EP implementation? Paul, I can see you laughing. <laughs> Hugely important, clearly, because our clinical colleagues have to change the way they work. And, you know, I, I've had lots of nurses, and I use that as an example, write to me or call me or, you know, call the team because they're worried. And, and that, that's part of the age demographic, I think. But, uh, you know, I, I write quicker than I type. I, I, I don't type. I, I don't trans, you know, they, they don't they don't type things in to, to systems today because obviously you've got nursing notes, you've got drug notes, you, you, you've got notes. And, and depending on where the trust is, they still got make still have ED notes. You know, they've got their old fashioned, you know, cast cards in their hand. So the, the, there's a general worry from from the from the trust where, you know, the change is huge. And it, I think part of that is not just clinical engagement, but operational engagement, because clearly it changes the way the operation works, um, who support the clinical teams. And an example, it, it, not an example, but but some of the people we're talking about, you know, our coups, you know, our nursing directors, etc. They need to be engaged and understand that it, it will be different. And 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 again, as Barbara just said, we. EPRs shine a light, a spotlight on places that you've never shone a spotlight before. And it's the fault of the system. <laughs> it's <laughs> always the fault of the system. <laughs> it is. However, you know, it, it's what it is, be it ED performance, be it, be it, you know, it doesn't matter, but it will shine, it will, sh it will go to places where dust doesn't go generally in a trust. And that's what EPRs do. And that's what they're probably designed to do, because, you know, the real time, the, you know, if you if you employ an agency staff or or staff aren't very good, I may say, at, uh, you know, keeping their logins up to date, etc. Each and every member of staff has to log into this system. Every person, every clinical person, every attendance, you know, it's, it's everything, depending what modules you put in. If you put it in from me, you know, from the front door to the back door, then it starts at ED and it ends when they get discharged, the patient gets discharged and everyone has to tow a certain line. So, you know, the, 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 the clinical, you know, um, accreditations come, come into this because that's what they signed up to do, look after patients. And EPRs can seem or, or be perceived to make that difficult, which, once you get used to it, and, and, and you've got a lot of bright young things who, who who just embrace technology, embrace their iPhones and etc. But uh, yeah, I, I just don't think that there's an actual there's an actual answer, a real answer. It, it it's very important, but I don't think we should lose sight on operations because ops are so so you know it's it's together. It needs to come um, from the senior management team. Oh, you have to have very, very senior management to make one of these happen. Absolutely. And sponsorship. Because one, it's a huge amount of cost, huge amount. 
But secondly, you know, the, the, the journey that you're taking the trust on needs to be well understood. And it isn't just it, clinical staff are our bread and butter, clearly, but the operational staff that support that, that they're, they're, they're almost, when you put an EPR in, they're just as important. An example would be when we're reporting ED figures, our operational teams need to be able to report those. So you've got to make, not, not make it easy, but you've got to ensure that they're engaged at the same time as clinical staff are. Nurses, doctors generally just do it. Um, so there is a change, but but I'm not dissing your question, Alex. It, it's just you have you cannot forget operational teams whatsoever. They are yeah. absolutely key to to a hospital running and working. Amazing, Pavna, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I think clinical engagement is vital. I think operational engagement is vital. I think senior management sponsorship and engagement and commitment is vital and essential and can't happen without that. It's uh, we're changing the underpinnings of how how care is delivered. And I think for that, everyone that's involved in it needs to be part of it and engaged in such a way that they feel this is a, an, an objective that's absolutely important because there will be times when they'll say, oh, you know what, this is just too hard. <laughs> and. Uh, they have to remember the why and why you're doing it and why everyone is committed and that has to come from the top and then um, and from the bottom as well and people have to be convinced of that. So I think, yeah, I agree. I think it has to be absolutely, it's absolutely essential. And really speaking, we're just facilitating that to happen uh, by uh, bringing, you know, making sure that the supplier can bring to bear what they want and that we can get it configured and everything. And that that the, the people who are going to change how they do their jobs will be able to do their jobs with what we're putting in and we're facilitating that 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 and making it as easy for all those sites to come together um, and to maintain it in the future. Um, for them to continue doing their job. Yeah. Is there anything you want to add to that Paul? No, not really. I think we both we've we've both spoken quite well about that. Um, mm -hmm. The only thing I would do is it's an absolute step change in in the way we operate as as a as as an acute trust, and it is a step change because it it's very painful. Change is painful, and putting in an EPR is probably one of you know, you know you can akin these to to. To, to whatever you want, but an EPR is the day-to-day -day work of doctors, nurses, consultants, you know, blood takers, you know, all, phlebotomists, sorry, but all of that that goes on, it changes their day-to-day -day work in life and how they go about doing things. So I don't think they can be underestimated at all. That then it is not a walk in a park to implement an EPR. Definitely. Oh, we, 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 we need to make that statement because it, it, it's not. We, you know, we we probably both got the battle scars of of this implement of our our own relevant implementations. They are difficult. They're difficult for a reason, and it's not the staff embracing. It's it's what we're trying to achieve. And what we're trying to achieve is is insane. That's <laughs> all right. Go for it. I, th I think also to add to that, increasingly in the NHS. Um, 
with the pressures that the NHS is facing. There used to be winter pressures. Now it's not just winter, it's all year long. And we've seen with COVID and after COVID and the backlog. And uh, that engagement is harder to get when they're so focused on you know, just making the NHS work in this day and age. Um, just as is, leave alone bringing in the change. <laughs> um, and so bringing in that change, even though they may be committed, completely committed to the why, um, actually finding the time, and that's what we're finding now, just finding the time to attend those meetings, to be there for that training, um, that that's what's difficult to find. So they they really want to, but uh, whether you know operationally and clinically to to get them to find the time, and. Um, it's not always easy to buy that in because uh, you want the people who are actually doing the jobs they're doing to engage, and and you, you can't just have people bought in to do the to do the uh, to be engaged on the implementation, and then you can't always find the right people if you're just bringing them in to do their day jobs because they're experts at what they do. <laughs> so that's that's the bind that the NHS finds itself in, I think, for engagement. Okay. And next question, uh, I'm going to be focusing around challenges based on your experience. You got, sorry to interrupt. How long have you got for challenges? Just 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 your main, I mean, your your most common challenges, because obviously you've done many implementations. What have been your most frequent challenge when implementing an EPR system or the biggest one? <laughs> but I'm not sure we start with you. I'll let Paul think about it. What to choose? <laughs> think about it, but go for it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think, gosh, an EPI implementation challenge. Oh, there's so many challenges. There's making it work within the cost. <laughs> uh, because if you if you don't have enough money to do what you started out to do, it wasn't set out correctly, you're not going to be able to achieve it. Uh, if you don't have the engagement, clinical staff from clinical staff and operational staff, you're not going to be that'd be hard to achieve if there's not enough commitment and sponsorship and leadership in, involved in it. So if the governance is not set up correctly, it's going to be difficult to achieve it. If the team that is implementing is not resourced properly uh, and not chosen well, that is going to be difficult to achieve it. If the supplier, there's so much. I mean, the supplier um, is. Uh, not fully well. They could be fully committed, but they might be um, overstretched. All the suppliers are, you know, can be. They're quite responsible and want to make sure that they, they it's, it's. They have to succeed as well. Um, and sometimes, uh, and hopefully, this doesn't happen often. If the, the uh, during procurement, there's issues where you know the trust thinks they're buying something and they get something else. I have seen that happen as well. Um, then it it could be rejected um, if the product is just not up to it, or they thought they were buying something else. Uh, it doesn't happen so much now. I suppose people are a little more aware, and procurement has got a uh, little better. I, I mean, this people are no more knowledgeable about procurement and 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 can learn from what's happened. But it used to happen more, I think. Um, there are so many challenges and, and I think keeping it on course uh, with everything going on, that is a challenge as well. Um, so, yeah, I think there are many, many challenges and I'm sure Paul will have uh, <laughs> the same and we could go on as well about challenges, I'm sure. So I'll leave it to him to uh, 
don't want to be negative. I don't want to be negative, but it's not a negative thing. You know, we're, we're getting rid of paper, aren't we? Paper's dangerous. Yeah. And, you know, that is a challenge in its own right. And, and I think that's the number one thing to believe in. You know, let's get rid of the paper. And it's how we get rid of that. Um, challenges. Wow. Um, the challenges are, uh, I touched on it earlier, you know, how far can, are you, are your sponsors or your executives um, prepared to bend a trust? And I think that comes down to what EPR you buy, if I'm honest. You know, some EPRs, they bend, bend, bend and bend and bend and then they, they never seem to be able to stand up straight ever again. Um, some EPRs are very highly configurable. And they are, they're very, but you still have to bend the trust. Um, and uh, and that, that, that's down to, you know, I'm not, I'm not uh, disrespecting any type of role here, but, you know, you know, ward clerks, the way they work, what they look at when, when, a, when a patient's relative calls in, you know, their world changes because they don't go find a, their file or a piece of paper. It, you know, the challenges go on and on and on. And if they haven't got their access up to date, et cetera, it's, it's all, it's all noted, it's all audited. Fantastic, which is fantastic for a patient. And and I think the end result of an EPR deployment, when you come out at the end of everything and clearly you've got, we want this, we want that, um, the benefits are huge. But I think it's more than money. I think it's it's more about, you know, our patients, how we care for them in a more safer way and a more traceable way to say that I did this at that point in that at that time. And, and you can challenge that and, and et cetera, excuse me, et cetera, et cetera. But um, the challenges are huge. And you, you've got to think of if you've got a trust, well, my current trust, it's not a small trust, it's not a huge trust, it's a big trust. To take them on that journey is, is no mean feat. You have to have, as Vivana said, you've got to have top-down sponsorship if you haven't, you, you're not going to succeed. It, it's that simple because it just becomes as another IT project. And these things are not IT projects. There are huge business change, clinical business change programs that have the IT element underpinning them. And I think people, need, you know, we need to go into these with our eyes wide open, not just trying to buy the, the one we think we can afford and then try and make it work for us. And I look, Unfortunately, that that's the way of the world. And and you, you touched on procurement, 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 procurement. These are all on frameworks now. You know, they're on they're on the government frameworks. So, well, what one do you want? What one can we afford? And sometimes it's down to affordability. It's down to flexibility. Um, and and it, 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 I'm not going to say it's down to personnel because it shouldn't be. And I don't think it is. But these things are hugely, hugely challenging. Um, there's a huge rush right now to, to, you know, all the NHS have got to get on a shared one or an instance, whatever they've got to get on. Um, but having having your own destiny in your own trust hands is easier than running a shared instance EPR. And I can tell you that from experience because that is a very, very difficult situation that you can get in. Right and whoever, whoever's got the biggest amount of money or the biggest clout, as it were, wins. <laughs> Anything you want to add to that, partner? Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think um, 
it is true that uh, it is much easier if it's something that's within your within the organization's control uh, than it, and so shared domains and all that. There's a big rush or mandate really uh, from the center to have uh, shared domains and it's not easy to implement and it's not easy to manage on an ongoing basis necessarily. There, there can be benefits, but uh, I know that there's um, uh, trusts that have combined and done it. Um, but uh, it, it's it's easier to do it if it's just for your organization. Um, but there are trusts doing it now. Um, I think uh, there was some other thing that came up in my mind and which has completely escaped me in terms of the challenges. Um, I'm sure it'll come back. But uh, I, I think they're, they're certainly not easy to implement. I think they're certainly complicated, but still worth it. <laughs> um, and and I think the organization has to be up for the challenge. And, um, and there are some, some organizations that go through journeys uh, in doing that. Oh yeah, the other thing I was going to say is come back as well, is it also depends on what the starting point is. And often, um, sometimes, or sometimes not often, uh, organizations go into it and they have an ideal goal of getting there. However, the starting point, even something basic like network um, or um, you know Wi-Fi or uh, just capacity, maybe even if you talk about ward clerks, sometimes you find that actually you know the the, the or, and it, that or acute trust is operating with no ward clerks out of hours or you know in the evenings. And then there's no one to run that system. <laughs> it's just the nurses running it. And this happens. This is how NHS trusts operate. And then that role of the ward clerk, who's going to do that, that role on the EPR? Uh, and these kind of things are on paper. People just get by. And it's by the goodwill of the people doing the jobs, the nurses and the ward clerks and doctors that just do it. But then you go to an EPR, it has to be that person signing in as a ward clerk that has to do that job. And that's when these things come to light. Oh, there aren't enough ward clerks. Oh my God, the business case didn't have that. Or we need to make sure there are enough ward clerks. Um, these are the kinds of things that come up. And, and EPRs will, again, highlight these uh, in, in big headlines. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you want to add to that, Paul? Just to make exactly you know, what Bavana just said, it, it, these, these EPRs highlight, not failings, I don't want to say failings, but separate needs you know there's ongoing cost to run an epr you, you can't just absorb it into your current your, your current headcount of of be it technology or wherever you're going to put the epr and one of the things that i've noticed across eprs are we, we mentioned a moment ago that they're they're um us designed they're us designed for single hospital use mm. now when when you run it across a trust uh, you know, a trust may have multiple EDs, uh, sorry, emergency departments, and or they might have, you know, just basically the, a trust is, is combined of multiple hospitals. That's the nature of a trust. They're not designed for a trust. So you do have to flex. You do have to, um, you have to think about it a lot of how multiple geographical locations work on a single EPR. And that, that is a challenge in itself because selling it to a single site um, you know, hospital is easier to adopt than it is across, you know, be it multiple EDs, 
you know, you, you've got, so where I, what I'm trying to explain is you've got multiple, you've got processes that you're going to change with an electronic patient record, but now you've got multiple processes and clearly you've, you've got votes involved now. And, uh, you know, we spoke about leadership a moment ago. The leadership need to stay strong and just say it's going to be what it is. But engaging with clinical staff and then ensuring we've got clinical staff in the programs and the projects and, you know, as, as part of that leadership is absolutely key. Because without that, you, 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 know, you are literally going to fail. Um, last question is, what's your key learning from your experience uh, from doing EPR implementations? Your main key learning, Bhavna? Uh, my, my main key learning. I think one of the things that I strongly believe is that I think it's um, iterative. It's uh, an organisation I think I'm in the NHS as well, we work at it and work at it and work at it and improve and learn and carry on. Um, I think the journey never stops and also because the, the goals change as we uh, evolve in the NHS. Um, you know, now it's sort of working across ICSs. Probably some might say it's going back to regional health authorities as it was before. So it's come right back into a circle, gone into a circle and come back to where it was a while back. And, and there, there's that as well. Uh, but the, the needs are changing all the time. And there's things like the pandemic, which meant that we had to do virtual appointments. And so I think that um, my key learning would be that it's, it's an iterative process that we keep at uh, over time and improve upon and I don't think you can ever say you know you're I, well it's good to have the the milestones that you've achieved at a certain you achieve certain milestones um but the best uh situations are where you you know you, you think okay we've done that and we now improve on it and optimize it and it's the optimization that really brings the benefits so i think uh, from all the things that we've discussed and there's lots of challenges and there's a lot of benefits there's a lot of benefits um yeah that's my learning yeah. paul well, thank you so i echo exactly exactly what you what you've just said rather and I'd, I'd like to add if i may um we spoke about the pandemic now the pandemic opened up that we wanted to go paperless we wanted to go penless you know, across small departments, and I'm not talking about departments, I'm talking about physical departments and the EPR, you know, we, we you know, we, we brought forward one of our deployments. And clearly you don't deploy during a pandemic, but we didn't. Uh, we deployed sort of when we knew it was coming back in the second wave. And that helped our ED department hugely. Um, but, but lessons learned or, or we can all learn lessons, you know, it, it, the trust is the trust is the trust or a hospital is a hospital or a hospital. We work in certain ways and we are taking bits of paper out of people's hands and pens and we're implementing a new system, a computer, as far as they can see. Now, as time goes on, when that computer isn't there, that <laughs> trust me, there's hell to pay. <laughs> <laughs> However, there's always a bit of, there's always a bit of paper be it a back of a fag packet you know I'm, I'm using the old sort of analogies but and a pen or a pencil so 
we'll always look after the patients, but but I, I think I've got to sit and think of that. The the real answers about that question very very hard, because I I never see the real tangible cash releasing benefits that EPRs proclaim to have, apart from when you're looking at, into EPMA and and sort of drugs etc. But an EPR in general, because if you modulize it, then it costs more. You know, one, you've got the software cost, which be any of the any of the companies that we all spoke about earlier. It, there's a, there's a there's an investment there, an ongoing investment for five, ten years. Then then you're looking at the cost to deliver that, which is huge, which is every man and their dog jumping in and going, right, here we go. The training the ongoing modules that we're then going to start releasing. But clearly the journey's the journey's the journey. But I, I do think the challenge of an EPR deployment is they're always underestimated as in cost to deliver. And be it CIS, you know, within a CIS department, an IT department, um, any change department um, uh, across the board and trust do it differently. You know, some some may, may have a, a fantastic training regime where they release they excuse me they could release staff for a day half a day others can't where you deliver training face to face you know an hour two hours or certain modules depending what what role you've got training is a huge challenge a huge challenge because now you're asking you're not asking you you're actually instructing staff to take full accountability and it will be monitored what they write down not that oh he's drunk and he smokes too much that that's that's fine so that you know we've left him in the corner you know pretty soon patients going to be able to access these things and you know we're on that road aren't we so <laughs> when you look at what, what happened to dad last weekend well it says he was drunk in a corner <laughs> that's not what they want to hear from a qualified clinic clinical person which you know and now I think it, it steps up accountability. That's a huge challenge. Steps up training levels, which is a huge challenge. But I think there needs to be more collaboration across different trusts. And, you know, across Kent, we've, we, we, we've just been on that journey. So, you know, we can luckily each of certain parts of Kent have bought the same system. So we can collaborate a lot, actually. And I've just been collaborating with just near Manchester. So I think the more we can do that as, as an NHS, it's not just about money. It's about, you know, what, what it's not always about what good looks like. It's about what works, what worked for you guys, be it in your ED, what worked for you guys in, in, in stroke, you know, the pathways, touch on the pathways. And I think the more we can do that, the quicker we can do that and and, and the better we can do that is, it's not about the money anymore. It's this works. Let's adopt it, and I hope that that, that continues. And, and and we need to invest not 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 money, but our time as leaders as well of these programs and systems. You know, we we need to invest our time and our staff's time into collaboration. Mm. You know, you you know you you work for Surrey and Sussex, Bavana, and you know I work for East Kent. We're not that geographically split, but nowadays it's irrelevant isn't it is is where we are it's and it should be i suppose where i'm going is it's they've got to be epr agnostic it's this is how we've done this this is what we do and and waltz and all and just share the good and the bad there's lots of bad 
there's lots of good and that's the reason we're on this journey and i think we need to our jobs are to ensure that trust know they're on a journey that it's not day one is not the end it's the start of the epr journey and then then you want more of it and 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 oh, from experience you know I, I i can gladly share that because once they once you put it in it just it, it consumes you it goes on and on and on and on and 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 you can see the huge benefits for not just being paperless but for an epi that they are very very powerful and wow. i haven't got much more to say really mate but it, you know I, I just want to say we, we need to collaborate more across trusts really there's you know we need to set some kind of forum up to share all what we're doing now alex you know yeah so but there's lesser talking you know that come and have a look at ours as it were i'll show you mine and and we can all learn or the good or and or the bad because we all right. have different experiences um implementing these things and, and running these things because they are huge yeah collaboration always works better doesn't it absolutely yeah definitely anything else you want to add to this Bavna? no i agree absolutely i think that i've always thought to myself i wish um you know there's not enough of a network of uh, my counterparts and actually it's great that you've set up this chat because um i you know i wish i i could make the time and and you know how we had the network wouldn't be great if because i think ccios do it and cnios do it now they're all on sort of whatsapp chats and um, actually, I've, I find that recruiting agents always know best who my counterparts are in other trusts because you 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 know you're more sort of closely linked. Um, and so I, I think that it'd be really good if we can have a network and we can share more um, because there's a huge lot to learn from uh, you know just within the NHS and how others have done it because uh, you know we're all digitizing the same kind of journey. Uh, and it may be done slightly differently in, 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 you know, one trust and the other, or one hospital or one, but in the end, and, and maybe one EPR does it one way and then the other, and another does it another way, but actually that's also, you know, sharing that is useful as well. So it's, it, this sort of sharing is fantastic and um, it's wonderful to actually be put in touch with each other and have this conversation. So thank you for putting that together. <laughs> It, it is exactly the reason why we do this. It's to yeah. create a platform for people to to network, to share insights, um, and also share challenges. Yeah. And um, well, that's, we that's... can have a little cry together, can't we? <laughs> 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 I've got nothing to cry about. Probably you and Pablo have got more to cry about than I have. You know we can learn about well, the same things, and we can rejoice about. Yeah. I don't want to digress, but I'm going to. Is I don't know if you've ever seen Jaws, the original film of Jaws, when they were sitting there comparing scars. You know, <laughs> oh, I got this from this. And I got... <laughs> Sometimes it, it does feel like that when I meet, you know, my counterparts and and other colleagues. Yeah. And it's not all bad, but it it, it comes with scars to, yeah, to, to implement EPRs. It really does. <laughs> Well, this has been an absolutely amazing discussion. 